0: Today we'll be dealing with probably the most famous story in the Bible. That is, of course, David and Goliath. We've heard the story a thousand times. Whether you go to church or you don't, you cannot escape the ramifications of the story. There's a local drinks company here and they're doing a massive billboard campaign and it's effectively David and Goliath. David, of course, being the one with the energy drink in his hand who's been able to overcome because of this fantastic product. But no matter how many times I hear the story, or see it being depicted, or hear a Sunday school lesson about it, or hear a pastor giving a metaphor, or hear a sports coach, or hear an economic expert, whatever it is, there always seems to be so much depth to this story in the small little details. So I was out for coffee with John. We've talked about John a little bit on the podcast, but I was out with him the other day, and he asked me a question that really stumped me. Why did David bring five stones my voice that wasn't an impression of john by the way let's try it again why did david bring five stones to fight goliath if he only needed one my name is matthew thompson and welcome to quiver hello 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 thank you very much for checking out this podcast What is this podcast? Well, it's called Quiver, and it is a devotional podcast designed for people who want to learn more about God, learn more about the Bible, and spend a little bit of time, seven minutes to be precise, in prayer every time that they listen. You may have just stumbled upon this podcast. You're like, who the heck is this Northern Irish guy? Is this podcast for me? Well, who is this podcast for, aside from the obvious generic sort of well this podcast for everybody really specifically it is for people who realistically are commuting people who like to listen to podcasts and they're working out and people who want to go on a bit of a journey people who want to follow along with someone who isn't afraid to be honest isn't afraid to be open and be vulnerable and kind of follow along and listen in and even be a part of the searching for solutions to whatever it is I'm going through at any given time. Whatever battle it is I'm fighting, whatever questions I'm trying to answer, I try to make this as open and interactive as possible and kind of demystify the whole Christian experience, try to demystify what it means to be a Christian, what it means to walk with God, what it means to hear from God's voice, what it means to pray and all that sort of stuff. But alas, we're going to start as we usually do with our daily reading. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. Thank you very much for checking out this episode. And thank you very much for spending this time with me. Here we go. Alrighty, So First Samuel chapter 17 verses 32 to 40 will set you the scene. It's not going to be the full story, but it'll definitely give you what it is you need to know for this episode. Kicking off in verse 32 and... This is David speaking. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock... I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will surely rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped a sword over it and took a step or two to see what it looked like for he'd never worn such things before. I can't go in this, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling He started across the valley to fight the Philistine. All right, so there is like a ton of different directions you can take this. Some of the things John and I talked about, there's a suggestion that the five stones actually are for, one was for Goliath, and the four were for the other giants that were in part of the Philistine army at that point, you know, Goliath's siblings, things like this. The other suggestion is kind of the whole idea that we are many churches, each with our God-given ministries. All churches need support. They need different people on their team. You've got the five, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, the apostle. And, But what John said to me was, very specifically, is that the five stones for you, Matthew, represent five people in your life. And people in your life... Not just to help you slay the giant that's right in front of you, but also the giants that will come after. So I'm on a bit of a simplicity kick right now. If you've been following the show for the last two months or so, you know that I just recently went off social media. And the whole kind of reason why is because I'm obsessed with this kind of concept of going deep instead of going wide. I'm obsessed with trying to focus on fewer relationships but having better quality relationships. The perfect example is I started going, Jackie and I started going to this Bible study last year and it was absolutely unbelievable. It was so good. The content was class. The friends we made were amazing. We made some really, really close relationships. But what actually happened was these were sort of people on the, I don't want to say the edges of my life, but they were new relationships. And I actually ended up not being able to see my core relationships as much. So, I mean, like very, very close friends and family members, and to be honest, my life actually suffered because of that, so to get the most out of our relationships, especially in this kind of really busy, manic culture and time period that we're living through, I think to simplify our relationships is really important. So, I kind of been thinking, Jackie and I have been on holiday, we took a little weekend away to Donegal. Uh, which is kind of in the countryside for people who don't know Ireland. And I have been thinking all about these five stones. And we've Jackie and I had some great, great conversations about this. We were walking along the beach, actually, and there was just surrounded by stones, all these different colors and shapes and sizes. And God was talking about people. God was talking about who are the five stones in our lives. It was really great. So I'm going to run through five ideas, five kind of, um, I suppose, five people who... Could make up some of those stones, and yeah, we're gonna jump in and we'll take it from there. How do you like that? We sound effect getting fancy on the show, huh? Check it out. So the first of the five stones that I suggest, and I think we should all have, is someone who fills the capacity of a brother in your life. Now I'm gonna go and go ahead and be using the masculine version of these, just because. They apply to me, but obviously brother can be sister and so on and so on and so on. So who is a brother in your life? Well, I think that they're someone who should be very similar to yourself, someone who is high energy, someone who's got big dreams and someone who pushes you forward. I would also kind of throw out a wee caveat that they should be sort of the same age as you. I'm not being prescriptive about that. Obviously, you know, there's different levels of maturity and different levels of life and all that sort of stuff. But it's really someone who you're on the same level with. Someone who you're walking side by side along the journey with. That road to Emmaus sort of did our hearts not burn within us sort of character. The, people who you, the person that you can go to and talk to for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours about life. And you all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, are you struggling with that as well? I can't believe it. Me too. They're your me too people. And a good example of this in the Bible, I suppose, would be... Jonathan and David's relationship. So first stone, I think we should all have to have a well-equipped sling, to have a well-diverse quiver, for lack of a better term. I think we all need a sibling relationship in our lives. So number two is that father figure. You need a dad, right? And what is kind of the purpose of this parental figure? Well, they are someone who can really challenge you. There's someone who can protect you. Someone to actually hold you back. So while your sibling might be like, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, go, 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 go. Your parental figure might actually be, actually, Matthew, maybe you need to slow down a little bit. They've got the experience. They've got the wisdom. They're also someone who should fight for you and not be afraid to fight with you. It's funny, we typically tend to avoid kind of confrontation in our lives, but actually having someone who's not afraid to disagree with you or not afraid to call you out is very, very helpful. But I think the biggest thing about a parental figure is that they feel a certain level of responsibility for you. And if that's there, I think it's really, really powerful. And to have someone who's actually deeply committed to you, someone who actually takes... Ownership might not be the right word, but someone who cares for your well-being and is not just trying to get something out of you, but they actually are looking to steer you along a journey that will lead to your benefit above everything else. Good example of this would be the relationship Paul had with Timothy. And I think we all need, if we are all Timothys, I think we all need that sort of Paul in our life. All right, number three. So the third one is an uncle, okay? So an uncle is someone who's an uncle. An uncle in this context is someone who loves you but isn't directly responsible for you, right? So it's not your dad. Your uncle may be a little more lenient, maybe a little bit more of a friendship than a power dynamic relationship, I think there's lots of fun to be had with an uncle relationship. I think the lessons that an uncle will teach you, they come through friendship and relationship rather than these kind of formal um, moral lessons that perhaps a father would take the time to, to communicate to you or a parent. So he has the wisdom and the experience of your dad but he's kind of on more of a friendship level for you, if that makes sense. So, that was number three, and now we'll move on to the next one. Whoops, should have said. Good example of an uncle relationship. It's kind of a tough one in the Bible. If you come up with something better, let me know. But I imagine the relationship that Aaron had with Joshua, so as in Aaron is in Moses' brother, I imagine that to be the kind of closest thing to like an uncle relationship, as in Moses was kind of formally mentoring Joshua, leading him up to be the next leader, whereas I feel like him and Joshua and Aaron would have had a bit more of a casual relationship. Uh, But again, that's imaginary. Anyway, number four is a spousal relationship. So what what I mean by this, they're not a sibling because they're actually very, very different to you. Jackie and I, so my spouse Jackie, my wife Jackie, she is not afraid to call me out. And to be honest, Jackie and I are incredibly different people. I don't think we even really realized it until we got married. But particularly now, the people who know us, they're kind of like, how on earth How on earth did you two ever connect? Because we're very different. Well, actually, no, like, we work so well, and that is the beauty of it. But what I mean is our interests, our skill sets, our passions, they really are opposites. And they always say opposites attract. But actually, we make such a good team. Because we are so differently skilled and gifted. The other thing about a spouse is that they are kind of best friends forever. I know that's a bit of a cliche thing to say. But they are like locked in. Like it doesn't matter what you go through with this person. You're kind of just stuck with them forever. And that's a beautiful thing. They love you even when they don't want to. So this is different to the kind of sibling relationship because even though you're on the same equal level, it's not necessarily as similar. You're not you're not similar people, and that actually gives you completely different perspective on each other's lives. It gives you different insights, helps you see things from a whole different angle, and so that spousal relationship is really really important. I suppose another word for that would be kind of like a partnership relationship, like a business partner. And the example that I thought of in the Bible would probably be Paul and Peter. Paul Paul and Peter, it seemed like, it's not like they got on incredibly well. They were very different people. They did very different, well, they were very different people. They were working in two different environments, but actually at the core of what they did, they're very similar. They love people. They want to reach people and they want to build the kingdom, right? So Paul was called to the Gentiles. Peter was kind of called to the Jews. So their ministries were different, but at the core, they were the same. And it's the same in any kind of marriage. You may be different, but you're also incredibly similar because of the path that you're both walking on and the direction you're trying to go. So the fifth and final one here is that granda relationship. It's that grandparent dynamic. Someone who can bring... Massive wisdom. Someone who perhaps sometimes is prophetic. Someone who is tough but tender in your life. And someone who has deep spiritual roots in prayer and the word. I think we are living through kind of like a gray hair starvation right now. And it is so, so valuable. I know for me, I actively seek out grey hair in my life because I totally believe in the power and the benefit of it so I think it's so important for us to cultivate communities in a culture where we honour the kind of grandas of our churches, the grandmothers of our businesses the elderly for lack of a better term of our society because of just how much they can offer to us good examples to this would probably be like Samuel in his old age Uh, The Samuel-Saul dynamic is quite grandfatherly. Uh, Samuel to David is also quite grandfatherly. And actually, Samuel to the nation of Israel, whenever you see him addressing the whole kind of people, it seems like he is just a grandfather who loves the people and who wants the best for them and isn't afraid to tell them what they're doing wrong and isn't afraid to maybe criticize. But he does so out of a deep place of love. So as we move into guided prayer here, really simply, who are your five people? Do you have five people? How can you invest in those five people more? How can you see them more? And if you're having empty seats around your five-person table, well, let's ask God to kind of bring those people into our lives, to show us if they're already in our lives, and let's go out and actually actively pursue these people. Let's actively try to form a relationship. Let's make sure that we're adding value to their lives as well. You know, we say the prayer and then we be the prayer because don't forget, we there's there's seats in other people's lives that God's calling us to do, and not all the time will those people be in our five. A really important thing in the whole kind of crux of these five people is that this isn't like, I'm not talking about like ministry or evangelism here. I'm talking like five people who will fill you up, who energize you, who keep you on track and who kind of keep you going in the right direction and will help you do so for potentially the rest of your life. So that's it. Some ideas. Big thanks to John for turning me on to this and I hope that it was of some benefit to you. And I hope that this time of prayer here is really worthwhile and beneficial for you. Prayer is something that a lot of people find difficult. I know for me, it's been something that I've always found kind of mysterious and confusing, but it really doesn't have to be. So in this kind of section of the episode is where we just take seven minutes to reflect, to respond, and to pray. I encourage you, if you want to speak things out audibly, that's fine. If you want to write things down or if you just want to be kind of in thought, whatever works for you. But really simply, what is prayer? I think it's as easy as pray. Praise, request, action, and yearn. And so this is seven minutes where we get to respond to what we've talked about today, And also just a bit of a holy space in our timetable. So I'm going to put seven minutes on the clock. And I'll guide you through each section as we get there. So the first one, really simply, is praise. What are you thankful for this morning? What are you grateful for today? Expressing gratitude is one of the most powerful things that we can do. So here's a space just to do that. So the second section is requests and this is basically an opportunity for us to unburden ourselves of all those things that are on your mind right now, whether it's financial worries, whether it's worries about someone in your family, could be a health issue, could be anything that is kind of weighing on your mind. Here's an opportunity to kind of lift it up to God and make our requests to him. Third section is actions. So often our lives can just become very passive and very reactive, and we cannot just passively live our lives instead of actively living them out. So actions is an opportunity for us to be really intentional about our to-do list for today. It's an opportunity to give God input into, hey Lord, what is it that you would have me do today? Anything special? It could be something really random. We've had great stories. Um, from listeners who have maybe just sent a random text to somebody and it's turned into this big, massive, kind of miraculous moment. But, you know, let's, let's focus on this and let's really find out what it is that God has for us today. the fourth and the final section is simply yearn what is it that our hearts are yearning for today is it a word of encouragement is it perhaps a challenge is it answers to a question that we've been trying to weigh up for a long time here's an opportunity to receive that an opportunity to say father here we are here are your servants we're listening please speak to us and please guide us So, Jesus, thank you so much for friendship. Thank you for community. Thank you for the body of Christ. (laughs) Thank you for the fact that actually we get to walk life out with lots of other people. And, Lord, I pray that you help us to surround ourselves by the right people. Lord, I pray that we don't feel pressured to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends. But, Lord, I pray that we have deep, quality, lifelong relationships that challenge us, that inspire us, that energize us and that help us live and pursue really the life that you would have for us. Help us to be better friends. Help us to have diversity in our friendship group that we're not just surrounding ourselves by people who tell us what we want to hear. And I just pray that actually you will really deepen the roots in our lives when it comes to relationships. So Father, for people who feel like they don't have five people, Lord, I just pray that you will change that that you'll fill those seats up for people who feel like they have hundreds around the table lord i pray that you through a lot of wisdom and in a very healthy way that you will give people the opportunity to go deeper with a smaller amount of people instead of kind of casting their time and energy into lots and lots of different people in a very wide sort of way so lord Generally speaking, I just pray that you bless us today. Whatever it is that we're walking into, Lord, I pray you give us wisdom. I pray you give us favor. And Lord, I just pray that you're with us. Thank you for every person listening. Lord, I pray you bless them. And I really thank you and appreciate this time we've been able to spend with each other. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate you tuning in. And hopefully you find something helpful in today's episode. I'm looking forward to sharing the next one with you. If you'd like to reach out, If you'd like to say hello, if you would like to leave a question for the show, go ahead, shoot a wee voice message via the Anchor app or email address is matthewtbelfast at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day. Seriously, have a great one. Bye-bye.